everyone farzine vasugin here with you for another episode of the chief zone i've never done this two episodes in one day obviously uh we did an episode earlier today discussing the travis kelsey injury i'm sure we will get into it more on this podcast also talking chris jones and uh more importantly the outlook for the chiefs 2023 season uh we are also streaming this live on facebook and on youtube so shout outs to everyone watching us live on uh on those two websites uh, appreciate everyone making uh, the podcast and the live streams part of your day your afternoon morning uh night whatever it is it is the eve of red wednesday this is i think the second red wednesday in chief's history so uh obviously uh that's what happens when you win the super bowl so uh red wednesday uh though i'm sure everyone's gonna say happy red friday uh this this friday uh nonetheless i'm excited for today's podcast uh joined by a few friends of mine um i don't know uh on Streamyard how the uh video shows it's weird on zoom how it it shows on my screen is not the same on the viewer screens so when i say your guys names just give a wave uh to everyone watching uh we got mark van sickle or mark the overseer uh he does some stuff for sports illustrated also got a ku podcast uh sam hayes from pro football focus there's a lot of great stuff on there zach stenga zach and i have done many Many podcasts together uh, a lot of radio shows back in the day uh and keaton keaton uh we've never done a uh podcast or anything like this before i know keaton does a lot of good but he, he puts a lot of good content out on twitter so i wanted to uh bring him on and uh shoot the shit with him and, and all of you guys so uh we, we've done some of these uh crew panel type of podcasts before um i remember once we did one with like 11 people i was like yeah it was a little much. That was a cluster. That was a cluster. It was a cluster. It was. It was before Super Bowl Fifty Five. We were all on our high horses. We thought it was. Um, we thought we were gonna kick ass, and we got our ass kicked. Uh, but we're, we don't want to discuss that. Um, yeah, we. Yeah, we don't want to get into that. But we, we, we had reason. To, we had reason to be confident. Look what happened in the regular season. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I just remember that that was the, with you know a competent offensive line instead of a set of turnstiles. So. Well, 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 the following exactly. year, the following season, uh, Mahomes throws this like circus pass to Daryl Williams, who catches it in the end zone. I'm like, where the hell were, were your hands in the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, but again, I digress. Tyreek got one to his face too. Yeah, oh, he did. Every everyone catches I don't remember a single Kelsey drop in that game, and I feel like he probably dropped three. Kelsey actually had a really good game from what I recall, but obviously that that doesn't matter too much. Anyway, I don't remember anything. I blocked that game out of my memory. I don't remember. Yeah, I, 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 I'm with you, Keaton. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I always like doing uh, live streams like this. Um, I know I've kind of gone back and forth over the years with this podcast and live streams. Um, I, you know, I, I just feel like it's a little easier, especially with my insane schedule, just to kind of go on my own. But I enjoy doing these. Um, uh, these kind of podcasts and live streams where I bring some of you guys on, uh, especially in a big group like this. Um, okay, obviously, uh, the big news today, I, I was not thinking of leading off with this, but we kind of have to with Travis Kelsey's injury. Uh, he hyperextended his knee in practice today, according to Andy Reid. Uh, I think I saw ESPN put out that it's not as serious. Well, NFL Network first reported that it was not as serious. He's only expected to miss a little bit of time. Uh, but ESPN added some more good news to that. They mentioned that uh, the ACL is intact, so no no torn ligaments, and they're going to continue to monitor it. Um, listen, I, I just want to be cautious with these kinds of things because it is someone else's health. I don't like when people uh, all of a sudden are doctors whenever a big injury happens. Like I didn't realize everyone got their medical degrees the second someone got injured. So those kinds of things are always uh, impressive to me. Uh, how many doctors we suddenly have on Twitter and Facebook uh, whenever uh, an injury goes down. But um, listen, you just hyperextended your knee two and a half days before the game. I will say, I think it's an uphill battle to play. Um, let me just say this, because I, I know we'll get back to Kelsey in a moment. I, actually, l let's do it now, because I wanted to talk about the game, but I, I, I don't want to jump into too many places. Uh, who's concerned? Who's not? How do you guys feel? On a Look, the guy's 34. Oh. Go, go ahead, Sam. Oh, 
Uh, I was going to say, uh, maybe on a concern rating, uh, say like a one to five scale, I'll put like a two. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's where a lot of people are because the severity of it, uh, according to the media, isn't that bad. Um, you know, again, it's just two days before the game. You don't want to risk it long term. Uh, I hope. I mean, I want him to be there, but, uh, you know, I don't want them to risk anything. Kind of like with Mahomes, uh, the week he was dealing with that knee injury and then he gets hurt on some freak accident quarterback sneak. Um, you, you know, I, I think the Chiefs will be fine for one game without Travis Kelsey. One game will be okay, yeah. or maybe two. Yeah, I I, uh, I put out a tweet asking um, if Kelsey is even 80%, um, do you even consider having him in goal line situations and in a potential game winning drive scenario. And seven people replied to me, six of them just straight up. No. And then the seventh, I think was like, uh, if he's fully cleared, maybe, but yeah, I don't think anyone is willing to put him in this game. Now, if they actually clear him, there is a chance because he's Travis Kelsey and he wants to get out there and play that he will just go play. Uh, we saw what happened for the AFC championship game last year. He had the back spasms. He allegedly couldn't walk the day before the AFC championship game. Oh yeah. Then he goes mm -hmm. out there, he goes out there and scores the first touchdown of the game and everybody's mm -hmm. going crazy. So, I mean, I'm not going to put anything past Kelsey or Mahomes when they get injured, but I agree. It's an uphill battle at this point, but I wouldn't be shocked if I saw him out there thursday zach yeah, how do you I feel mean, oh a, keaton go ahead sorry it's no, you're a, good. i mean it's a it's a marathon it's a whole season like one game is not gonna hurt for him to sit now they do have those 10 days in between games so maybe that will help out too yeah i mean i'm not not as worried as i was before they're like oh he hyperextended his knee he was limping i was like oh god here we go and then they're like, oh, it's maybe one to two weeks. So, uh, Zach, did My you want to worry is really just the fact that, you know, to, to borrow what Mark said there, you know, AFC championship game, you know, he's having back spasms and struggling with that. Um, you know, now we got a hyperextended knee. And like, again, the guy's 34 in NFL years. That's pretty damn old for anybody that's not a kicker or a quarterback anyway. And so with that in mind, there's this little part of me that's like, oh, God, I, I hope this isn't the beginning of, you know, something none of us want to see. Like, I'd like to see another thousand yard season, you know, just continue setting all those records for tight ends. But, yeah, father time catches up to everybody. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, some people have a few more supplements to outrun them than others. You know, here's looking to shoot Alex Guerrero. But, uh, yeah, is what it is. Um, Let me just see. I, I just got a. I just saw a tweet uh, from Matt Derrick. Good news for the Chiefs is that there appears to be no major damage. Okay. But his his availability for Thursday is in question. Okay. So it's basically the same that we were just saying a moment it's ago. The same report. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let, me, let me just say this because this is not... You know, I mean, it's fairly recent. Uh, December 26, 2021, uh, the Chiefs beat the Steelers 36 to 10. And the reason I bring that game up, the Chiefs were without Travis Kelsey in that game. Uh, that Now, I don't think it was ever confirmed that he got COVID, but because of COVID protocol, he was, um, they put him on COVID reserve. So he didn't play in that game. Tyreek Hill did play in that game, but he only played 29 snaps. And I think he was just coming back from COVID protocol. So they wanted to take it easy on him. So Patrick Mahomes did not have Travis Kelsey, and he had a very limited Tyreek Hill who played less than half of the offensive snaps. Mahomes threw for 258 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, his leading receiver in that game was Byron Pringle, who had six catches for yeah. 75 yards and a pair of touchdowns. Running back Derek Gore was the second best pass catcher with three catches for 61 Ooh. yards. So the, my point here is, listen, yeah, Kelsey might not be here, and... Yeah, look at Tyreek Hill last year um, when he was traded. It actually opened up the offense more. Did you have those deep 75-yard touchdown passes? No, uh, you didn't have any of those, but you still had a more versatile offense. 
uh, because you were forced to do some things differently without Tyree Kill. I would not be surprised if it's the same thing. Uh, and I'm not saying that Noah Gray is going to do exactly what Travis Kelsey would do. Of course not. But I think you have the talent here on with wide receivers and running back. I think the Chiefs are going to use Jarek McKinnon a lot in this game. I, I think Clyde Edwards-Alaire could... He, Clyde Edwards, I, I know there's a lot of criticism around him, but he's gotten involved in the passing game in the past. So I could see him uh, having a, a bigger role in this game, bigger than expected. And then who knows? Maybe a guy like Justin Ross or Rashi Rice might pl play or contribute more than expected. Look, here's my point. You have tomorrow, and I don't know what tomorrow is going to be. I don't think it's going to be a padded practice. It's probably going to be more walkthroughs, but I still think that is enough time for Andy Reid, who is a very smart offensive-minded coach. That's enough time for him to come up with a game plan, whereas the Lions, they're done. Tomorrow is a travel day for them, so they can't really do walkthroughs or practice. Um, their game plan is in the books, and they have to pretty much adjust on the fly. The, the nice advantage here is I think Andy Reid's got – a little bit of time, not a whole lot, a little bit, but still enough to come up with a bit of a new game plan because it's looking like Travis Kelsey might not play. And I think they'll figure something out. I'm just interested to see what they're going to do, if they're going to dress all seven receivers or if they're going to bring Matt Bushman up or what. I don't know if I don't I don't know if they'll bring Matt Bushman Keaton, but I think for sure you see all seven receivers active for the game. Yeah, you would you would almost I would be surprised if any of them were inactive. Honestly, yeah. I, I think Bushman will be up. I mean, you can bring some guys from the practice squad to each game. So I mean, I think we could see Bushman for sure. But I, I mean, tight end, it's Noah Gray. Noah Gray is the tight end of focus and. I, I like Noah Gray. I think he's I think he's earned an opportunity to to show what he can do. And uh, I think he's earned a decent amount of our trust as a good enough Kelsey stopgap. Earlier today, I don't know how many of you guys do betting at all, but you could get Noah Gray for five plus receiving yards in your same game, game parlay earlier today. I don't know if that's still going to be there uh, tomorrow I, or not. But honestly, that was the safest checking Fanduel right now. Way. Yeah, you could get you could get uh, Noah Gray plus five receiving yards in almost every game last year, and he would always get at least the one catch for eight yards. And so it's just nice to throw in there if you want to add the totals up a little bit. But I for for as far as actual players that uh, I mean he'll he'll play into the game of course but i think justin ross could maybe play a role that like in the red zone i hope so potentially yeah. like like maybe that jody fortson jody fortson got a touchdown in week one against the cardinals last year mm -hmm. uh i was really excited about that so maybe we could see justin ross in that red zone role because man he looked really good in preseason um yeah, I, yeah I, i'm just looking at the stats right now and i'm i'm trying to find I, I, I just want to know. Okay, uh, so just real quickly, just shout them out. Who do you guys think will be the top pass catcher for the Chiefs in this game? Like, who's going to have the most receiving yards? Sky. Mm, I hope it's Sky. I hope so. See, I, I, I want to see it be Sky more. I, I, I kind of want to go with MVS. I think it's going to be either MVS or Jarek McKinnon. I think it's going to be one of those two guys. Because keep in mind, people kind of forget this. Jarek McKinnon did finish the regular season as the last player to win AFC Offensive Player of the Month. It was not Patrick Mahomes, was not Travis Kelsey, Crazy. not Joe Burrow, not Josh Allen. Jarek McKinnon uh, won AFC Offensive Player of the Month. So, you know, and I know the Chiefs have tried to use him and save him more like for the second half of the season and for the playoffs. But I think you might need to uh, utilize him a little earlier this time around. Uh, and look, why not? I, I mean, he, he certainly can deliver. So uh, go at it with him. I, I think uh, he can definitely help uh, maybe, again, not do exactly what Kelsey did, but, you know, that void in terms of the yardage and catches, uh, McKinnon could probably get a lot of that in this game. I know you don't also say, though, Tony. Oh, go ahead, Mark. My bad. Oh, well, you don't want to you don't want a game plan necessarily because of a Kelsey injury. But do you think they'll run more of this game because of it? See, no, no, no. No, they, they, should, no, they shouldn't. They everyone shouldn't. is saying, a lot of people are saying no because the obvious, it's not Andy Reid's MO. But 
if you really want to throw the Lions off by surprise, this is a good time to do Listen, I don't know what's going to happen. MBS could have a big game. It'll still be a surprise. Richie James could have a big game. It'll be a surprise. Isaiah Pacheco oh, could have a big yeah. game. That, that'll be a surprise. Like, at this point, like, any... Any pass catcher or running back that has a big game will be viewed as a surprise by a lot of people, including Chiefs fans at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but in the reality, with the way football is moving even more now, the way you win football games, you pass to take the lead and you run to hold the lead. The guys need to still be passing early and often. uh, Probably at least 70% pass rate in the first two, three quarters. Um, and then you could start feeding Pacheco a lot towards the end. I like that strategy. I hope that's what they do. Yeah, <laughs> It's basically so. what they've been doing for years. It's what they did with Alex Smith even. I mean, it's what Andy Reid's always done. That's why he got fired from Philly because <laughs> the fans were finally sick and tired of him throwing every play, every game. But it's like that's what was also getting them success. How do you how do you guys feel about this offensive line? Like obviously the interior offensive line is awesome. Uh, Creed and Trey, I mean those guys uh, doing uh, Jack Stack uh, sponsorships together, which is great. <laughs> and then you have Joe Tooney, who I saw ESPN pulled all the uh, executives, general man, not all of them, but I guess a good portion of them, the uh, scouts, general managers, executives, uh, coaches, um, basically on like the top ten quarterbacks on the top ten running backs for top ten interior offensive linemen, Joe. Tooney was labeled the second highest or the second best off uh, offensive lineman, interior offensive lineman. Um, so you've got a great interior offensive line. Now your offensive tackles, you had uh, Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley, who at left and right tackle led the players at their positions in quarterback pressures allowed. I know Bengals fans yes. think that's some sort of myth, but they're going to find out real soon. <laughs> trust me. Uh, topic for another time. Um, I listen, I like Juwan Taylor. I was very excited when they got him and I was hoping he would stay at right tackle. I don't care how much money you want to spend on a right tackle. If it's to protect your franchise quarterback, spend money, man. I don't care. Um, Donovan Smith, uh, he's had ups and downs, but you know, he's a veteran. He's been there before. Maybe this coaching staff can help him, uh, get back to, uh, a good place where he was before. I'm excited for this offensive line. And look, you can only go up from last year, right? It it wouldn't take much to upgrade from that, but I still think this is a very significant upgrade. Yeah. Do you think Donovan Smith only struggled because he was hurt? Yeah, but Keaton, Prob- probably. Keaton, probably what were you? What that. were you asking? Do you think they still use Jed for chipping, like pass, pass uh, pro? But I, I, I think like in the beginning they might be cautious with that because you got to protect Patrick. But if they see Donovan Smith can hold his own, then yeah, I, I think they'll they'll like they'll trust Donovan Smith more than not, um, and they can let Jarek McKinnon do something else. So no, that's a good point. I never thought thought of that actually. I'll say I'll say uh, Donovan Smith. I mean, I know he's he dealt with injuries, and that was a definitely a reason why he struggled last year. But I do think he is a clear downgrade from Orlando Brown. I don't know if he's a huge downgrade, but he is a clear one still, even with Orlando's struggles. Um, but Jawan Taylor is a massive improvement from Andrew Wiley. Andrew Wiley was flat out not good. He had his moments where he was fine, but he was flat out really bad. Um, Jawan Taylor... He, I don't think he's a top three right tackle in the NFL, but I think he's a pretty good one. So, especially pass blocking, I trust Jawan Taylor. So if Donovan Smith's the weak link, I mean, that's about a battle line then, yeah? It's not a battle. It's no. a very good one. It's like we still have a top five O-line. We have yeah. the top two interior for sure. I would argue it's the best one. Some would argue it isn't. That would be number two. And then the tackles and are what, probably – I mean, yeah, last year people would argue Eagles. I'm trying to think if uh, Eagles lost someone but then gained someone. I don't know what exactly all the interior offensive lines around the league look like. But, um, yeah, the tackles were probably middle of the pack tackle group. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Do you really think Donovan Smith is a downgrade? Yeah, yeah, he is. <laughs> he definitely is. I don't know. I, I think he, he. I think if he re, his potential is probably a middle of the pack left tackle. I, I don't think 
I think average to above average is probably his ceiling for this season. While Jawan Taylor, at least I could see as like a top three pass blocking right tackle. Run blocking is not going to be his strong suit, but pass blocking, which is what we paid him for, and rightfully so. He could be a very, very good pass blocker. Uh, look, Patrick Mahomes won MVP both in the regular season and in the Super Bowl with two bad offensive tackles. If he has <laughs> better time in the pocket uh, with, you know, again, I think overall is going to be a better offensive line than last year. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like his chances of repeating. I really do. I, I, I know, you know, going back to back is hard. Um, whether it's the MVP, Super Bowl, whatever, but I think he's got a really good chance at it this year. I really do. I mean, you saw the turnover in the wide receiver room even, like, again this year. They lose Juju. Yeah. Travis Kelsey maybe out the first week. So, I mean, he's he's going to start the MVP campaign early if he goes out there throwing 300 yards in week one against the Lions on primetime. Oh. Dude, the <laughs> haters are going to be pissed if he throw, throw, like balls oh, out without yeah, Kelsey. I'm, oh, I'm, this reminds me of. I'm excited for that. Um Okay, let's switch over to the defense. Okay, uh, obviously, we've got to start with Chris Jones. Um, look, I, I, let me just say this. I think Brett Beach is a great general manager, okay? I would not trade him for any other general manager in the league, but he did misread this. And that look, that's okay. You know, he's made some mistakes. The Breland Speaks pick, um, you know, I, I think that was a mistake. Okay, what are you talking about? That was the USFL's best defensive end. Player. It actually was. You're right. He was the best defensive end in the USFL, uh, but not in the NFL. Um, listen, he's made a couple other mistakes here and there, uh, and that's okay. Even the best general managers get them wrong sometimes. It's not an easy job. As far as this one, though, like, you know, in the offseason, in the summer, we kept hearing, oh, the Chiefs are optimistic that, that a deal will get done. And then in last week's press conference, uh, he did. He goes, yeah, we're, we're certain that we can get something done and that we're hopeful that he's going to line up in week one against the lions. I'm like, dude, listen, people will say, well, what do you expect them to say? I get that. But you know, when you're saying this stuff on the record, the media has every reason to follow up whenever the next time Brett Veach does a press conference and say, what what was your rationale there? Like, I don't know what Brett Veach is thinking. Obviously, he and Orlando, or not Orlando Brown, uh, Chris Jones are not in the same boat whatsoever. Um, and here's what I'll say about Chris Jones. Look, I get it. You want your money. The Chiefs just can't afford to give everyone top dollar. They just can't. If they do that, it's going to put them in a bind next offseason uh, in trying to keep guys like the Jerry Sneed, Creed uh, Humphrey, uh, uh, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton. I mean, they got some guys to think about next year. I would not surprise me if Trey Smith would really want a new deal because he was a sixth round pick, not making as much money, and he's in position to really demand much more. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Here's my thing, though, with Chris Jones. You, you, you're making $20 million already. Is it really that big of a deal to you to hold out, not be with your teammates, and troll on social media when everyone else is working their asses off trying to get ready for the season? Like, I just don't know what message you're sending when you do that. I mean, you, you, he, the, the one part of this that I will always just land on the player side as a general rule is they've got just such a limited time to secure the bag. Yes. Now, in this case... Mm-hmm. I do think that his agents are doing him a disservice because I'm going to go out on a limb here and guess that, you know, the agents are getting comped out on a percentage of whatever, you know, they negotiate for him, right? What I'm willing to bet good money is not factored in there is all of the fines that Chris Jones is incurring. Yeah, they're not going to make, you know, they're not going to take their fee off the net money that they're making for him. They're going to go for the sticker price. And so I feel a little bad for Chris Jones because, frankly, in this case, you know, he's kind of letting his agent screw him a little bit. Uh, you know, especially the longer this holds out, the more fines he incurs. You know, the less he actually nets out, his agents are going to do fine, whatever they do. And if you look at their client roster, I get why they're holding out for every last dollar because <laughs> yeah. this guy is going to be worth more than all the rest of their clients combined. Oh, listen. oh yeah. The, the Katz brothers. I mean, who, who, who else do they represent? Like Iron Pringle? Well, that's right. That was one of the names. Yeah. The, the, he no one fired these guys. No he one of fired seen. these guys. Um, here's here's my thing. Um, Zach made an interesting point about trying to get as much money possible. 
I, I, I understand that. Listen, some of these guys come from, and I don't know what Chris Jones's backstory is like coming to the NFL, but some of these guys do come from very rough backgrounds to the point where the only thing they know in life in elementary, middle, and high school is football. Their grades aren't the best because they spend more time dedicating that to football than studying. So by the time they get to the NFL or to the NBA, whatever sport they, these people end up playing, they want to get as much money possible because all they know is football or basketball, whatever. So when they retire, and this is not a big secret, a lot of athletes, other than coaching or broadcasting, um, very few of them end up having careers not related to uh, professional sports. So I, and again, I don't know what, what Chris Jones plans to do after football, but some of these guys try to get as much money possible. And if they're smart with it, man, they can set themselves up their kids up their grandkids up for a very long time. Um, especially if they continue to get endorsements of some sorts. So I get uh, Jeffrey Chidea was on a 10 and said that, you know, the, these players, because of some of their rough backgrounds, they do care far more about um, making the money than winning championships first. And I, I, I get that. I'd probably do the same thing if I was a pro athlete, but at some point it's like, man, I don't care who you, I don't care if you're Elon Musk, if you're really willing to wait uh, eight weeks and uh, add in all these fines and the money you're going to miss out on, that's 14 and a half million dollars, 14 and a half million dollars, a shit ton of money you're missing out on. I'm sorry. It just is. Yeah, I I think part of his perspective on here, Mark, did you you could no, go ahead? No, go. I would, I would just say part of his perspective might also be I've already won two championships. He 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 might be thinking I've won my rings now. Let me really get my bag to secure for generations. Now here's the thing though, he makes twenty million this year. If he doesn't take any of the fines except maybe training camp, that's like what two million. If he plays week one, he gets all the twenty million, and then if he signs with the Chiefs for whatever the Average million, what is it, 28 million is the number being thrown out there per year for the two years after. Then you're still, that's still crazy money. And then he'll make more money after that when he's on the downside of his career. He'll still play for like three more years, not make as much, but he'll still have what, over $100 million that he's made in his career or something like that? Yeah. Like, that's crazy. And, and here's the thing like, I, I, I hate when people, I mentioned earlier, I hate when people pretend to be doctors. I also hate it when people pretend to be, uh, financial advisors or agents. And, and, and I'm, not, I'm not saying anyone here is doing that, but it's like, you know, just use common sense here. You're willing to hold out for $14.5 million on total losses approximately just to make a point about $10 million more. It's like the math is not mathing in that situation. It just isn't. You don't have to be a mathematician there, or an accountant either for that. This. Go ahead, Zach. Well, like yeah, you, the one part of this that is tough to ignore, frankly, is the fact that after a certain point, once that initial bag is secured, after that, it's almost as much about respect and, you know, the rankings of like, yeah, I am the best defensive player in the NFL, not named Aaron Donald. You know, whether that's true or not, you know, I can understand where that's the argument he and his agents are making. Um, certainly best defensive tackle, not named Aaron Donald. So, you know, naturally he's got to get second you know second place as far as pay is concerned he's got to jump quinn and williams who i think is getting like 27 and a half or something like that i don't remember exactly how much but not important uh, yeah i think that there is a certain aspect of that that plays up as well yeah doesn't That's... make it logical but it does explain it okay so let's make this transition here Okay, you're, you're going to be without Chris Jones for a, late, uh, a significant amount of time. Uh, how is the defense going to look? Um, listen, I think they, they're going to take a step back. Um, it, look, I'll just say this. You have a great offense with Patrick Mahomes and a good offensive line. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs were an offside slash overtime away from Super Bowl 53 uh, when they played the Patriots. Um so and that was with a 31st ranked Bob Sutton defense. All right. So if Ugh. if you can come that close with that defense, you really have to say his name. I I, I think you can do just fine. Yes. When That's you the demon, <laughs> I think you'll do just fine with any defense out there. Um. Again, I I don't think there's gonna be that kind of a defense. I, I think they they will take steps back. Um. Did, is does anyone think there there's a chance? Well, I, I guess there is a chance, but let, let me let me ask a different question. Uh, who do you think might surprise you on this defense? Uh, whether it's the defensive line or anyone, Keaton, I'll go to you first. 
Uh, I feel like George is going to step up in his second year. They're probably going to rely on him a lot more. And then is have they said anything about FAU? I, I don't think he's going to start uh, right away. But Are the starters going to be Karlaftis and Dana? Probably. Probably. See, Dana, Dana's been good in like spurts too. So, I mean, me personally, I think George is going to have a going to step up real big for the team. Hopefully they rely on him more. I, I do like George. So yeah, me too. He really stepped up in the second half. It, it, it's If you look at all 20 games, including the playoffs in the first 10 games, I think he had just one sack. Um, and in the second half, the second uh, 10 games, uh, he had, I, I want to say like nine or 10 sacks, um, something insane. Like he really stepped up, uh, during the second half of the, of the campaign. Um, so I really hope he yeah, can build off seven. that moving forward. He yeah, should be seven sacks. Oh, seven too, sacks. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, first, first 10 games, he had one sack and then he finished the season with eight. Yeah, that's you're included. Are you I, including the playoffs, trend, Sam? Yeah. Including okay. The playoffs. Okay. That's Just want to make one sure. sack against one sack against Cincinnati in the playoffs. That was when he sacked Joe Burrow, and he goes one, two, three, four, because that was the fourth. I, 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 I don't know why. I just always remember that. That just made me laugh when he did that. Uh, Zach, you were trying to say something. Go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say the one, yeah, not to be the wet blanket over here, but the piece that does have me a little on edge or concerned about the defense and Carl Loftus's ability to step up, frankly, uh, is a big part of this. I don't know how he's going to do when he's the guy drawing double teams. You know, we haven't seen what that looks like. You know, with yeah. Chris Jones drawing the double teams, it makes everybody else, generally speaking, one-on-one -on -one, uh, against their blocker. I imagine that Carl Loftus is the guy who draws that sort of attention now. I could be wrong. Uh, I don't think anyone is. I don't think there's anyone well, on this defense. I'm not saying anyone necessarily up. merits it, but I'm saying, like, if I was the offensive, like, sweet, it's five on four, you know, who am I going to double just because, like, sweet, cover my butt? Mm. Probably Carlock. Mark, how do you feel? Honestly, they're probably going to let one get free and hit Nick Bolton instead, but not the point here. Yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah. It, it's an ugly D-line. It really is. It's uh, really bad. Yeah. My bold, my bold prediction for the game on Thursday is that Turk Wharton's going to get the first Big Mac sack of the season. So okay. that's that's my bold prediction. It, but yes. you're you're going to be that, you're going to be lining up for one of those Big Mac sacks, aren't you? Oh yeah, if it's Turk and I called my shot, I'm I'm definitely gonna be first in line. But <laughs> uh, I I think that uh, you're gonna see some mixing and matching, like what Spags likes to do with like maybe doing some Sneed blitzes, maybe see some Tranquil blitzes. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm excited yeah. to see that. So yeah, I think they're gonna get I, I think they're gonna get some uh, interesting formations in there to try to. Like you said, they they've had time to figure it out. Jones hasn't been there at all, so they they've been able to figure out what to do and game plan for it without him at least. So, I think they're going to have an idea of what to do against the Lions. Um, can you guys see this yeah. on your screens? Yeah, uh, if you yeah, can yeah, zoom yeah. in just a skosh then. Yeah, yeah, okay, hopefully. There we go. There we yeah. go. Okay, that's, good. That's much better. Okay. Um, see, this is the uh, unofficial depth chart on the Chiefs' uh, press release from what was the date? The the first. Okay. Um, look, I know Brett Veach has had some really nice steals late in the last couple of drafts. He had Trey Smith a couple of years ago, Isaiah Pacheco last year. I would even say Jalen Watson, not as big, but somewhat of a, somewhat of a significant player late in the, in the draft that he got. But I don't know, man, I'm just wondering if Keandre Coburn can be that guy to add on to Brett Veach's impressive resume of, uh, finding a diamond in the rough in the draft. I, I, I don't know. I, I just... So I just think he could really be a guy that really steps up and does something big and maybe could surprise some people this year. Uh, I don't think it happens right away, but I, I'm holding. I hope that he can do that kind of thing. How do you guys, how do you guys feel about that? I, I, I agree on Coburn. He, he is absolutely the Derek Naughty replacement. Naughty had a really poor season last year and he had a really poor preseason also. Um, that's not a good sign. Oh, Coburn is definitely meant to be the Naughty replacement. Uh, in terms of the guy who I hope that uh, steps up on the defense, um, I saw on the depth chart there that they have three starting linebackers and none of them is Drew Tranquil. I don't understand it. Tranquil for two or three, two or the last three seasons 
has been the Chargers' best linebacker. He was literally the Chargers' best linebacker. Why is he our fourth linebacker? I don't understand. <laughs> he is a good blitzer. I would love to see him blitzing. He's good in coverage. Let him be involved. I would oh. have the two best linebackers on this team be Bolton and Tranquil, and Willie is the third line. Well, let, let me just say this. This is obviously, like, it, it even says on the uh, top of the uh, release, it says unofficial depth chart. So, listen, the Chiefs could put, um, I, I mean, they could put Blaine Gabbard as the starter, and it would not mean shit. It, it really wouldn't. As, <laughs> as, as, weird, as weird as an example as that sounds. Um, I, but I do agree with you. It is kind of weird to see Drew Tranquil not as one of the three starters on the space defense. But and, and to add to your point, wasn't he like ninth um, among pro uh, in pro football focus among uh, pass coverage linebackers last year? Because I think time to search that real quick. Yeah, because I think he was, and that's one of the things I'm kind of curious about because. If he can do that, I think that would really help Kansas City's uh, defense in general. And you know who? I'm really excited to see Justin Reed and Brian Cook this year. Brian Cook obviously was uh, a backup last year to Juan Thornhill. Um, but I think his best play last year was uh, tipping that pass thrown by Joe Burrow and tipping it to Josh Williams uh, to get that. It to, a rookie and rookie teaming up right there, picking off one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So um, I'm really curious to see how these safeties do in uh, in 2023. I'm excited for the safety play. Keaton, I know you're pretty big on Justin Reed. Oh, yeah, that's my guy right there. We've interacted with a couple of times on Twitter, so that's my dude. Oh, well, there you go. I, I, I really hope he does have a breakout season this season. I think he's going to be one of the main focal points of the defense now with one Thornhill gone and then, you know, Nick Bolton's going to be there too. So I expect to jump up for year two for him. Yeah. I, I looked up the, uh, the linebacker coverage grades uh, real quick. Uh, it's fun to look at um, among linebackers with a 20% uh, snap minimum. Three guys on this roster were top 15 in coverage grade. Nick Bolton was 15th. Willie Gay was 13th. Drew Tranquil was 12th. In terms of guys with 500-plus coverage snaps, Tranquil was 9th. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. He's a very good blitzer, too. He got five sacks last year. He uh -huh. he can blitz. Mm -hmm. Let him blitz. I really hope this defense just surprises people. Uh, Mark, sorry, go ahead. No, I, th that's going to be critical to get those guys involved. Some of those uh, linebacker blitzes, uh, safety blitzes, corner blitzes. Just get – with Chris Jones out, you just got to do that kind of stuff to mix and match. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I, if we were – Go ahead. If we didn't have the Chris Jones issue to deal with at the moment, you know, if he was in camp ready to go, we could be credibly talking about this team as you know a top 10 defense in the league for sure the defensive backfield is as solid as any in the game linebacking core is subtly one as well. It's really just, you know, minus Chris Jones, the D line is a little bit of, um, we'll be diplomatic and call it a question mark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is very nice. Diplomatic, Sam. <laughs> nice. That is very nice. Um, uh, yeah. th listen, fires have question marks too. You know who I have a question about would be Trent McDuffie. Um, because he missed some time last year, very early in the season last year with an injury. Meanwhile, you had other guys, uh, rookies who stepped up unexpectedly, like uh, Jalen Watson, who had that 100-yard pick six, Josh Williams, who played really well um, as a rookie also. Um, and now those guys have a year of experience under their belt. You know what you're going to get with LJ, uh, but with Trent McDuffie, you know, he, this was your first round draft pick last year. Obviously he did not have the season he wanted last year because of the injury. So now with a full off season under his belt, what could he do with the team? I'm very curious to see what Trent McDuffie does this year for the chiefs. Like that's my biggest question mark for the, for the defense this year. Yeah, I think McDuffie's a good player. I, I think him and Snead uh, probably make up, it might be bold to say, the best corner duo in the division because there's some good corner duos in the division. But yeah. they're 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 in contention, I think. I think, like, the Chargers and Broncos both have good corners, obviously. Sertan is probably is a top-five corner in football. He's and then um, 
the top two, arguably, yeah. I mean, and then uh, I actually like the Chargers corner duo more than most. Uh, like uh, people talk about Asante Samuel Jr., but I mean, Michael Davis is solid too. Uh, and but yeah, I think together, if they reach their potential, you look at Snead, and I think Snead was a top five to ten corner in the AFC last year, at least. And then I think McDuffie is very good. Year one, he just kept getting better and better. I think year two, we could see him be a arguably a top twenty corner in the whole league. Yeah, I hope so. He's an interception, right? Um, let me check real quick. McDuffie, I, he, I, I, I don't think, think he had one. one. I don't think he had I don't one think last he year. Got a pick. I don't remember one. He almost yeah. had one, and I like he should have had one. And I think that he was angry at himself after that. But yeah. Yeah, he, he was third on the team in PBUs with six, but he didn't get a pick. The other two had more PBUs than him were Sneed and Thornhill. They both had three picks. Yeah. It'll be a nice feeling for him when he gets that first pick, given uh, everything he has gone he went through in his, his rookie year. So um, I, I, I hope it happens soon. Yeah. Um, we don't need picks. So lock him down. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I want to wrap things up uh, shortly here. I, I want to go around the, the table here. Uh, everyone's uh, record for the Chiefs and uh, what you think the Chiefs uh, end to the season will be. Uh, Sam, I'll start with you. Oh, let's see. Um, yeah, I'm, I want to go through the schedule real quick. Do you okay. have a schedule on hand? You could. Uh, I, I don't. Mark, I'll, Mark, I'll go to you while we wait for Sam. Got it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to find it real quick. I uh, predicted 13 and four. I went through the schedule after it came out and I haven't really wavered too much. So I think I'm going to stick with it, even with the Chris Jones stuff. Uh, I just think that they're able to overcome with Mahomes and Andy Reed. We'll see what happens. I think that the, the AFC East is really tough with the jets, the bills, the dolphins this year. So I, agree. I think, I think the chiefs could once again, I mean, as crazy as this is uh, to say week two against the Jags could be big for the number one seed. <laughs> like coming down to it, the, the Jags have an easy schedule. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say Chiefs 13 and four, number one seed again, hosting what? Is this six in a row? That they're gonna it host? would be six in a row. Yeah. Yes. All right. They're going to host six straight AFC championship games. They're going to, they're going to win the AFC championship and go on and go back to back against the Eagles. I'm saying Chiefs over Eagles. Part two. Okay. I Zach, like go okay. ahead. I, I've gone. Oh. oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Sam. You're good. Okay, I did go through the schedule real quick. I'm I'm picking losses in week four to the Jets on the road, um, to the Eagles in week eleven. Um, I gotta I gotta have a surprise in here too. I'm gonna say week thirteen against the Packers in Lambeau. I say Jordan Love actually has a good year. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't think he's great, but I think he I think he has potential to be a top twelve quarterback this year. And then I'll say we lose week eighteen at the Chargers. So that'll be thirteen and four. And then I'll say AFC championship win against the Bills and Super Bowl loss to the Eagles. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Uh, we got uh, at least we're uh, in agreement so far with the Super Bowl rematch. Uh, Zach, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to go 13 and four as well. The only difference I had with Sam is that I don't have a Packers loss, but I wouldn't be shocked if they go back to back Jets Vikings. Oh, yeah. That offense against our defense that is still going to be a little depleted at that point Man, be a problem. I hope That's not. Fair, but I, have the Lions, I have the Lions winning the division, so. Uh, I do too. Um, honestly, I, I like that bet. I, uh, but, yeah. I, I really hope the Vikings loss does not happen because if Mahomes wins that game, he will have defeated all 31 other NFL teams. Here's what's crazy. Um, the winner of that game, assuming both Cousins and Mahomes will play head-to-head -head that week, um, the winner of that game will win their 31st, uh, will win uh, thir uh, uh, against 31 other teams. Uh, Kirk Cousins has never beat the Chiefs, and Mahomes has never beat the Vikings because he was um, he was out with the uh, knee injury back in 2019. So is that Matt Moore? Yeah, that was Matt that was Moore Matt game. Moore. Yeah. <laughs> is it a primetime game or is it a noon game? It's. It, I don't think it's a primetime game. Yeah, three twenty-five right now. Okay. Yeah, that is probably a good first half, bad second half. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yeah, cousins. Cousins won't show up fully, but it'll show up a little bit. Uh, Keaton, uh, what do you have for uh, for the season? Uh, I'm usually not one for predictions or anything, but uh, I'll I'll also say 13 show, and four. 
I'll say 13 and four and the losses. I would assume Philly, uh, may most likely the Jets because you know Aaron Rodgers, Buffalo, and then I'm gonna say we'll split one with the Chargers as well. I don't want to say the Bengals because I don't really want to hear the you know Please. four and one for eons, you know. I just yeah, I'm, uh, going to the, I'm going to the Bengals game on New Year's, so I really do not want a loss on that one. I uh, I just got a notification from Bleacher Report. Uh, the biggest Super Bowl y- bets yet. Someone bet $10,000 on the 49ers. Okay, all right. Somebody bet $11,000 on the Chargers. I hope this is like the Chiefsaholic equivalency for the Chargers fan base. Because oh, no. I don't know who the hell would the bet that. Bank robber. I mean, even Chiefsaholic... <laughs> Would not bet that much on uh, the the Chiefs. I mean, he bets a lot of money, but not on Justin, one game. Justin Herbert wouldn't bet that much money on the Chargers. Uh, the Char- the okay, Chargers did- do have a super fan. It's like Mr. Boltman or something like that. Yeah, um, bro, him looking in front of Junior, looking at Junior Seau's statue at the Hall of Fame was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. Oh, I've never seen that. I'll have to, I'll have to check it, it out. It was very popular. It was a very big tweet, like a, like a week ago or less than a week. Didn't ago. they delete it or something? Like, oh, they, they like edited it because he, it was uh, the text was like he's looking in solemn remembrance or something like that. Oh Just Jesus! Yeah. It was so corny. It was terrible. Um, I'll give it to the Chargers. They had a really cool uh, draft reveal uh, where it included yes. Chiefsaholic. Oh, they're good every year with the schedule. The um, schedule every year is great. So yeah, cool. last year they did the whole anime thing. That was pretty cool. As a as a as, a, as someone who was into that stuff as a kid, I, I mean, I still think it's cool. Um, that was pretty awesome. That was awesome. Uh, okay, my prediction. The only bad schedule release thing is the Pop Tarts. The Pop Tarts are just so bad. They need to get just. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> Um, oh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say 15 and two. I said that last year. Whoa. I was, I was off by one game. So why not? I'll I'll do it again. Um, I think the loss. I actually agree with Sam. I think we will have an accidental loss to the Packers. Uh, listen, it happens every year. I mean, last year the two Super Bowl teams, uh, the Chiefs lost to the Colts and the Eagles lost to the um, to uh, the Commanders. So. Um, you know, those things happen. I think it happens to the Packers. And then I, I also agree about losing to the chargers in week 18. Um, is that a home game or is that in LA? That's, that is on, the road. Road. That's on the road. We play, yeah. We play the chargers at home in week seven. See, I would never pay money for a week 18 game because you just never know if you see, you don't want to pay money to see backups with, with all due respect to everyone out there. It's just, you, you know, that's not what you want to see. Um, so you I think you it's don't want to see Shane Bichelle's track. Oh, I guess he's the bill now. No, I am paying money to watch Easton stick quarterback, the chargers. Absolutely. Um, you spoke too soon, Zach, but that's okay. Uh, we've all done that. Um, I, listen, I think I, I think it's going to be another Super Bowl rematch. I think the Eagles. Look, I, I'm sure we'll be surprised every year. You see a couple of surprises, but that NFC. I mean, if there was ever a team that had an easy path to repeating as conference champions, I think the Eagles have it right in front of them. I, I, I just think they do. Um, uh, the Chiefs, uh, obviously, a much more challenging path, but I think they'll be. I, I think we get a Super Bowl rematch. I know a couple of you guys have already agreed on that, so. Yeah, I'm going with the uh, win over um, over the Eagles inside the Raiders' house. So uh, I, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that. Arrowhead West. West, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate you guys doing this. Um, Sam, Mark, Zach, we've done this uh, several times. Keaton, this is the first time doing it with you, and I enjoyed uh, doing this with you guys. Uh, we'll definitely have to do this again sometime. Um I, I know some of you guys are doing podcasts and whatnot, or you guys just are, are just out there shooting the shit on social media. Uh, we'll just quickly go around the horn. Uh, if anyone wants to follow you guys on social media uh, or any of your podcasts, whatever. Uh, Keaton, uh, how can people uh, check out your stuff? Uh, I'm usually on just Twitter, to be honest, uh, at KJonesy1587. All right. Zach? Uh, just at ZStegenga on Twitter, or the artist formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> uh sam how about you yeah uh i don't have a podcast i would be interested in doing a podcast but no i don't currently have one um twitter wichita chief sam i i tweet all the time on that with sports 
tornadoes, politics, Rocket League, whatever. I have a lot of stuff. Rocket League. Uh, and then, and, yeah, absolutely love Rocket League. And then uh, one other last second prediction, uh, a little bold. I have my MVP this season being Justin Herbert. I believe that Kellen Moore will finally let Justin Herbert throw the ball down the field. And I think Herbert will lead the Chargers to a 12 and 5 or 13 and 4 record and AFC divisional round appearance. All right, Mark, you get the last one. Go ahead. The odds are on him. Yeah, you can follow me on Facebook or Twitter at, at Mark the Overseer. And if you're into betting, just uh, got my season two renewed on the radio in Kansas City, 7, 10 a.m., 103.7 FM. Uh, uh, college pick'em program, so I do college picks Saturday morning, 7 a.m. It's also a podcast. If you just search for college pick'em program, you can find it. And then also on Sundays, Sunday Sharps going through every NFL game on the schedule, uh, picking against the spread. Last year I had a winning record, so hoping I can do that again this year. Uh, but both of those are going to be podcasted. So if you're not up at 7 a.m. on a Saturday or Sunday, you can listen to it on the podcast. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, also, Jayhawker Talker podcast if you're a KU fan. But the others are pretty much uh, generic for anybody who wants to get some picks in. All right. Talk Good shot. stuff. Uh, hey, I appreciate you guys once again. Appreciate everyone uh, who listened live or watched live, I should say, on Facebook and on YouTube. Appreciate everyone who listened on the podcast version. Uh, you guys are awesome. Thank you guys so much. Uh, if you guys haven't done so already, subscribe to the Chiefs Zone podcast. Follow the Chiefs Zone on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, all those places, all the good stuff. Subscribe on uh, anywhere you can download a podcast. I'll be back tomorrow night. We will do our first uh, Chiefs pregame podcast. Obviously, doing Chiefs and Lions on Red Wednesday. So, some good stuff there. Uh, obviously, uh, week one in full force. So, we'll do that. Everyone, enjoy your Red Wednesday. Enjoy the game on Thursday. I will talk to you all later. Take care. <laughs>